Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And happy 4th of July to our neighbors to the south down there in the United States. And happy Durant Signing Day to you, Craig Needles. How's it going? Uh, happy Durant Signing Day to you, uh, which is a weird thing to say considering the fan bases of 29 teams have probably given up on this year already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> honest question, do, do we bother playing the season next year? Or do I we think just we do just to it? see if the Warriors can win 82 games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> God. This is so much more than, like, everyone talked about this when the Heat did their thing in 2010. Mm-hmm. This is so much more than that. Yes. This is I so mean, much are... more powerful. There are similar comparisons in the way it was done, the fact that it's a superstar moving to create a power team. The difference is LeBron, you know, he he did, like him and Boss joined, right? And then they kind of had to figure it out. And there were a few people making the the comparison of the first year that the Heat had where they said, like, remember that the Heat started with a few losses, and I think they started, like, I don't know, 12 and 15 or something before they, you know, figured their ass out and then started yeah. winning a bunch of games. And if people were, you know, the, the the reason that is nothing like this is those three guys had to figure out how to play together. Right. The Golden State Warriors already have a system that has proven to work, and all they're doing is upgrading a Harrison Barnes piece to their system, to a Kevin Durant piece to their system. So, yeah, <laughs> like, good God, it's not even fair. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and like the, well, the think concept- about it this way. Um, the death lineup, which was the lineup that outscored everyone by a bajillion points. It started, the wheels sort of fell off in the playoffs a little bit. Uh, people sort of found yeah. ways to counter the death lineup. But the death lineup is now Draymond Green at the five who, of course, is an all-star and one of the 15 best guys in the league. Uh, finals MVP, Andre Iguodala at the four. Or Kevin Durant, one of the two. The other one, out of Iguodala and Durant, I've, like, multiple MVP superstar Kevin Durant at the three. Clay Thompson, a man who once scored 37 points in a quarter at the two. And yeah. multiple MVP Steph Curry at the one. That's the death lineup now. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. I think Elias. I think Elias said they're they're the first team to have back to back MVPs on the same roster in the history of sports. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, that might not have been. It might not have been sports. It might have just been the NBA. But if it was sports as well, that wouldn't surprise me one iota. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that happening in another sport, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, it must have happened no. in baseball at some point. Oh no, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. I'm just like I'm trying to think of a specific example. Oh, Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's one. basketball. Mm-hmm. God. Two Nonetheless, years, that's pretty crazy. Two years, 54 and a half, with a player option on year two. So it does sort of open the door for this whole, uh, he could, uh, Durant could win a title and then opt out and then just go straight back to Oklahoma. Or he could do <laughs> the thing like, where he wins a title, opts out, and he's like, all right, L.A. time, or what, like, you know, what, like, a bigger yeah. media market than San Francisco, if that's the if that's the point, is like sort of creating that brand. I think though that the the move here, if you want to create the the brand creation move, is we become the best team ever assembled. So that might take yeah. a couple of years to sort of definitively be the best team. But the fact that none of those guys are twenty eight yet, yeah, except for Iguodala, uh, that means that they've got a, a pretty significantly sized window here to win many many titles. 
what do you do if you're Russell Westbrook? Do you just go full Kobe next year? Just and just take all the shots? Yeah, you try to set scoring records. I think that team can still be a playoff team. I think so, too, because if if you really look at the West now, the West, the, the powerhouse that the West is supposed to be is now Golden State. Golden State is amazing. Will, amazing. The Spurs, who it looks like Tim Duncan is about to retire, and they're going to replace with Pau Gasol with, you know, Which is, is okay, but the, the Spurs yeah. problem that we saw in the playoffs is uh, if you've got good guards, you can beat them because mm-hmm. their guards can't stop you. Absolutely. So that seems like a problem. And, I mean, what else is there? There's the Clippers, who consistently embarrass themselves yeah. every who's the, season. Who's the second-best team in the Western Conference right now? The Grizzlies, if they're healthy? Actually, yeah, that's a good one, now that they have Chandler Parsons. Yeah. Is it, Not is it that I adore that contract, but maybe Memphis is the second-best team in the West. That's something. I mean, is does the East technically... I mean, my God, there are... Who's the so third many, best team in the NBA? There are so many not good teams yeah. in the in the in the NBA now. Who's the, I who's mean, the third best team in the NBA, assuming Golden State one, Cavs two, which I think most of us would say is accurate. Is it the Raptors? It, like, I mean, they have to go get one. Of it's their probably teams. it's probably it'll probably still be the Spurs when all said and done. Yeah, I guess the you Spurs go Gasol, the Duncan. I, I yeah. the Spurs have some weaknesses, but you're right. It's probably still going to be them. It's, yeah, it's probably still the Spurs. I mean, Spurs are you, still have Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich. That's enough to be pretty good. Yeah. Do you like what the Portland Trailblazers have been picking up in this off season? I mean, That's, that team's okay. Um, yeah. Like, maybe they're the second best team in the West. What What about? I know they lost Horford. I don't know. They. they, they I don't know about the Howard experiment, in Atlanta. Man, what just. Well, here's the yeah. thing. Why does this matter? We know no. we know what the 2017 NBA Finals are like already, unless yeah. something preposterous happens. There has to be an injury. Yeah, uh, and like, the only and injury is like Golden State LeBron. can lose one of their guys and would still yeah. get there. Yeah. So like, basically, we know what the 2017 Finals is unless LeBron gets hurt. Absolutely, it's really not even. It's it's like those two teams I mean, are so far ahead of the rest of the field in their conferences. I mean, it'll be fun to watch to to watch Golden State if it, go nuts. But and here's the thing, and I know it sounds silly, but if you ever want to get to the LeBron like ultimate legacy, like what he did this this past finals was pretty good. Coming back mm-hmm. from down three one against a team that won seventy three games, that's pretty good. But if LeBron were to somehow be on a team that beats this Golden State team, I would yeah. want to hear literally nothing negative about LeBron ever for the rest of time. Here's what Skip I do. Bayless would probably have to just go move to Mars. <laughs> right, Stephen, a, Stephen A. Smith had a uh, had a pretty good hot take today. I'm not sure if he caught that. Uh, no, but that sounds like something he might do. Yeah, he basically called Durant's move to Golden State the I, I forget his exact wording, but he called it like the weakest move in the history of the league or something akin to that, yeah, right? As well. It was, it was classic him, basically. But and and I'm fairly certain I, I I could be wrong about this, but I'm fairly certain that ESPN, uh, like preempted like Wimbledon coverage or something yes, like the quarterfinals. Durant, yes. Yeah, to talk about Durant to bring him on to be like, ah, this is the weakest move I've ever seen in my life, and it's just like, oh lord. Uh I mean, did the Minnesota Timberwolves? This is a funny one. I'm wondering, did the Minnesota Timberwolves make the playoffs next year, Craig? I think if you, were, if you were doing the, hey, what's the most valuable trade piece in the league? Isn't the answer mm-hmm. to that Towns? 
at this point. Yeah. It, it and Wiggins is like... very high on the list. Mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau I mean, is now part of what's going on in Minnesota. Yeah. I think they're in the playoffs next year. I think that's a good bet. Mean, I don't, who's I don't know who drops out of the West, but I think the Timberwolves get in. Yeah. Well, it's the Warriors, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs. Those are pretty much four guarantees, right? Yeah. And then you just wonder if the Thunder, if, if Russell Westbrook... Oh, the Blazers are getting in, too. Yeah, Blazers are in. That's five. I'll say the Thunder make it in. So then that kind of leaves two spots open. And then you wonder if, like, Dallas, Houston, Minnesota are fighting for those. I know that Houston added some guys, but I don't necessarily love the fit of the guys that they added. That's true. So I'm not necessarily convinced that Houston is for sure a playoff team this year. And Utah might be. Utah might get there. Might be an eight seed. And the Pelicans with healthy Anthony Davis, like, remember that guy? Yeah. Uh, but I think the Timberwolves, just the uh, the upgrade in, like, obviously Towns and Wiggins are going to get better because those are good players. But the upgrade in coaching alone is probably worth, like, 10 wins for that team. Minimum. Like, minimum. Who wins the Atlantic Conference next year, the Boston Celtics or the Toronto Raptors? Uh, Raptors still have some cap, cap space here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the answer is to that quite yet. Yeah. It's those two, though. I, oh. I, I, still think, I think the Raptors do because... One of these two you teams know. is the second best team in the East, right? That Atlanta's after them. Yeah. Well, it's Cleveland, huge gap, Boston, Toronto, and then huge gap, and then the rest is just. Well, the, the, I think the Hawks are okay. Species. That yeah, I mean, like they'll at the very least add Howard, and yeah, they made some trades. Something. Um, that like you don't think that losing Horford, like going from Horford to to Howard, just has potential disaster written all over it for when it comes to how well-liked those particular people are yeah. in the NBA, there is a difference between those people. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, everyone seems to think that Al Horford's a pretty good dude. Um, who's, who's... But I, I still I, think that, like, the, the Hawks still have some pretty talented dudes on that roster. That's true, yeah. And, I, I they, mean, they, they, like, you know, adding Howard as rim protection, like, that's not nothing, you know? Yeah, that is true. I mean... I'll tell you who I feel the most sorry for is Victor Oladipo because boy, he thought he was. He thought be, he was uh, going to a really good situation. Yeah, he's like, "This is going to be great, right, guys?" Yeah. And then no. <laughs> what about Orlando as as a team that might be up there in the East? Like Orlando is like I wouldn't. I I could see them in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be. Yeah, I don't think they're going to the be necessarily. You know, yeah, but like. They they add in Ibaka, plus like they've just mm-hmm. got a young, improving roster. Like Orlando might be all right. Yeah, could be decent. Bucks could be okay too. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks are in there. I mean, Especially if the they Celtics, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, that's true. That'd be a hell of a thing. The thing that people are kicking around. I just can't see. Can you picture Dwayne Wade playing for the Milwaukee Bucks? No, just wearing anything other than a Miami Heat jersey. No, but you know, yeah. went to Marquette. That's true. Good connections there. That would be a lot of fun. Uh... And the Celtics added Horford, which I thought was sweet because it proved that, you know, at, at least we can sign a free agent for the first time in the history of the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just weird to say that the Celtics, you know, the the most decorated team in the history of the National Basketball Association, have pretty much never signed a free like Al Horford. I'm pretty sure is the biggest yeah. name they've well, ever signed. Well, when have they tried to sign a free agent? You know, that's true. There haven't been well, there haven't been too many. Occasions, but I assume that they w- w- would have been in on other guys, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Shaq and stuff. But 
Well, I don't. Yeah, but you're, that, but, that was a bad error. Right? No, yeah, that wasn't. A, no, the reason why they haven't like they don't have a lot like the Lakers history when it comes to free agents is one, Los yeah. Angeles is a nice place to live, and two, mm-hmm. um, they've never needed to do that. You don't need to sign free agents like that when you like trick teams and trades all the time, like the Celtics spent like thirty years doing. <laughs> That's true. Oh man, and yeah, and the Lakers doing their thing. I just I. <laughs> I keep laughing about the Lakers bringing in Mozgov. That was just so special to me. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about that is I think that... It makes sense no, no, on no, here, here's, here's why it's... Well, I shouldn't say good, but here's why it's, it's, it's reasonable. It makes sense. Is the yeah. Lakers had this cap space burning a hole in their pocket. And they were smart enough this time to realize Kevin Durant is not coming here. Yeah. Al Horford is not coming here. Like, guys of that skill level we're not going to be wanting to play for our team. Mm-hmm. So they were smart to realize, all right, we've got to just like spend this money in the middle of the market now. And I understand that Mozgov couldn't crack the rotation for a pretty good team, but he couldn't crack the rotation for the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. But even with that, I, I, I think that spending the money on Mozgov made more sense than not spending the money. Just considering what the cap is doing right now, it's not as though, there being a situation where, oh, man, the Lakers are costing themselves all this cap space. Like, cap space is not an issue for the Lakers, which is very unusual, but here we are. Um, so I don't think that... Uh, I, I don't think that that was such a, a, a ridiculous thing. I understand the, that kind of money from Mozgov looks yeah. a little bit silly, but it looks less silly now that we've seen what NBA free agents go for. Like, Chandler Parsons got $94 million. Chandler Parsons is a nice player, but he got $94 million, which is a significant amount of money. So... We'll see. It's uh, it's interesting. I want to come back to Westbrook for a second. Sure, yeah. I want to talk about Westbrook, too, because I've got a theory. But well, you go ahead. What do you do if you're him? Because you're coming off the books at the end of this year. Yes. What's your move? Like if you're Because Russell, to me, seems like a guy who might be prone to a little thing called revenge. So, <laughs> or does he follow... Durant to Golden State. Oh, I don't think he does that. I, I don't like. I don't. I don't think they can even work out. I haven't looked too. They'd have I've to been trade, too shocked. They have to trade Thompson and. Yeah, I've been I've been way too like shocked to look up to see if that stuff like that was even possible, right? But people didn't even realize Durant to Golden State was possible until Golden State was sixty six and three or yeah. whatever the hell it was. Um, is Russell Westbrook? Going to the Eastern Conference to some team with a bunch of cap space, like say Boston Celtics. And I'm sorry to get your hopes up. No, I, 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 it's already been kicked around. I've already heard the <laughs> the hot take machine that has come from uh, some of the experts have already played have placed them in one of two places. And one is Westbrook just goes to L.A. and just plays for the Lakers and just rules there. Yeah, which or he, he is an L.A. guy. He went to. Yeah, or he goes to Boston. Those are the now obviously as the season goes on, those hot takes will fluctuate. Here's another one but, for Russell, and, and and those hot takes will fluctuate. But yeah, there's a Miami situation here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and Pat Riley, we've seen him do weird things like that before. Yeah, are you predicting a Wade retiring or restructuring of some sort? What if Wade's not on the Heat anymore? Yeah, what if he's on the Bucks as we previously mentioned? Right. What if and if I'm Pat Riley, I'm looking at that free agent class next year and seeing Westbrook on there and seeing not necessarily an instant fit for him and thinking that maybe he's not going to want to play in OKC anymore and thinking to yourself, Do, am I sure I want Dwayne Wade back? 
Like, oh, no, you definitely don't. Yeah. And Riley is a guy who will, like, he's, like, I, I, he's, he's sort of like Emperor Palpatine. He's a, certainly a more charismatic Emperor Palpatine, yeah. but he has no loyalty whatsoever, right? Like, he'll, no. he'll, the second you are no longer Pat, of use. Pat Riley's him. loyalty is to the Heat's win column. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, Westbrook to the Celtics is, is. Well, he's literally <laughs> the exact sort of thing they need. They need a little yeah. more shooting than Westbrook provides, but a guy that can create some offense is exactly what they need. And yes. maybe that allows them to trade smart for some shooting or whatever it happens to be, because I don't think you can have, like, some of the guys I have on the roster right now, I don't think that they fit with Westbrook particularly well. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction right now on, what is today, July 4th, yep. which I mentioned earlier. I am going to say that Russell, Russell Westbrook does not close out the 2016-2017 NBA season on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what I was just thinking about. Is is there a Russell Westbrook trade? Is Sam Presti works some I, sort of Russell Westbrook trade? I think I think Presti. Although well, who has if there's one if there's one guy who does not see the writing on the wall, it's it's Sam Presti. But this may be the one time where he goes like let's let's hypothetically say that it's near the all-star break and Oklahoma's 30, 31 and 31 or something like that. And they, like they're, they're hovering around 500 and Westbrook is, is full Kobe. And then it's time for him to just be like, well, <laughs> this isn't going to work. And I didn't get assets for KD. So I might as well. I understand move. though, not getting assets for Durant. No, I yeah, thought, I Hey, we, I don't think anybody Durant, would. So let's just see if we can win yeah. a title with that. And they almost did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Westbrook would not getting access to Westbrook would be excusable because just you know you're not winning with that team this year. Yeah, it's not happening. So that said, so who has, who has the yeah the Celtics have the chips to make that have trade happen to make because that obviously happen. they're going to want like well they're going to want the Brooklyn draft picks plural. Yeah. Um, they would want probably smart. Which, actually, that kind of makes sense from an Oklahoma perspective. Um, they probably want some other stuff, too. But, yeah, the Celtics have the chips to make that happen. Um, who else would have the chips to make that happen? I'm just trying to think about who else has all these people. Maybe the Suns, because they've got a bunch of, like, the, the 76ers. But I don't think yeah. that's the sort of thing, like, I don't know if Westbrook would want to stay there. And maybe no. he would. I don't know. But... It's uh, it's interesting. Maybe the Magic have some of the if they can work out another trade with with the Thunder. I don't know. I, but yeah, the Celtics would be the leaders in the clubhouse as far as team with the chips to make that trade happen. If the Thunder decide they're going to do it, who is the other big name free agent in 2017? Isn't Griffin like like Brett Griffin is available too? Isn't he? Uh, let me see. Well, Steph Curry comes off the books, but yeah, but I don't think that's uh, that matters very no. much. Uh, yeah, Blake Griffin comes off the books. He'll be a free agent in 2017. Chris Paul's a free agent. Uh, the Greek freak, Giannis, but he's restricted, so yeah, he's, he's not going he's anywhere. He's not leaving the Bucks. Kyle Lowry's a free agent. Yes. I'm a little worried about that. Millsap. Derek Rose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Derek Rose is not necessarily helpful. That was another thing we should – do you want to talk about Rose and like, a couple sure. seconds on we'll Rose do that, and Noah? And then we'll move on to the, the main reason that we're converting, uh, convening today. Um, yeah. I will always cheer for Joe Kim Noah. 
This is fair enough. Um, I just, I, I, I understand, you know, money talks. I just don't understand for the life of me how this Knicks team is going to work. I, yeah. I can't figure it out. What are you doing, Phil Jackson? What are you doing? It's so weird. It's, 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 it's fun. Just, like, it's fun to watch how bad the Knicks are. Could they... Like, the East is so bad. Could they be mediocre and, and make the playoffs? Well, I don't know. Like, I guess if you have Rose, Anthony, and Porzingis, and Rose is like even close to being what Derrick Rose was at one point in his life. Yeah, which he hasn't been. No. And, and Noah then you have pe- Noah defending. Yeah. Maybe you can make the playoffs in the East. Maybe. Because who's in the playoffs in the East? Celtics? Kurt Rambis is still the head coach of the team, though. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, no, no. Oh, sorry, Jeff Mortisek. Sorry. They, they, yeah. Nonetheless. So who's in the playoffs in the East next year? The Cavaliers, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Pistons. The Hawks. The Hawks. I'm, the Bucks? I'm, yeah, and I think I want to put Orlando in there, too. Orlando and the Pacers? So, so yeah, there's probably George. no. Yeah, I mean, maybe Miami. Yeah. Like Miami. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, so, yeah, the Knicks aren't. The Knicks like, aren't what, the what's going to go on with the Wizards next year? Yeah, the Wizards are still halfway. Like, yeah, you're, you're, the you're, bull, like the Bulls, if if they have healthy Butler, um, the East is weird, man. Yeah, like they um, have the Cavaliers. Well, it's the same as the West. There's one team, yeah. and then they have the, a couple of fringe they teams. They have the Cavaliers, and, nothing else. and then everyone, and then the Nets and Seventy Sixers. <laughs> oh, the Nets made a couple of decent signings that. Yeah, made me worry that they're going to finish third again, or third. Sorry, third last. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the one thing is they have the. Although the draft class a, next not, is allegedly six or seven deep. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't think that the Nets, even with their signings, are going to be able to make many moves up the standings. Like, they're good signings, especially for a team that has the quote-unquote luxury of not worrying about where its draft pick is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> luxury. Uh, but yeah. still. Yeah, they're not great. Uh, but, I mean, like, I th- like they've made signings that made me think that they'll, again, like, I don't think they're going to finish dead last in the no. National Basketball No, I don't think they will either. Like, well, I don't know. Is it the Sixers again? Maybe it's not yeah. going to be that bad. Or maybe, it may- oh, do you think they are? Yes, I do. I, I mean... I mean, Ben Simmons might work out, but when was the last time there was a first overall pick where everybody was like, eh, I don't know, right? Yeah. Like, like it's 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 it, it's been a while since people in the NBA, a guy got drafted and they weren't. I guess Tristan Thompson. Well, he was a fourth. He was fourth. Or sorry, not uh, Anthony Thompson. Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Sorry, thank you. The other Canadian. The, like he was the first guy that went, and then everybody was like, yeah. maybe. Like I remember Bill. Like Bill Simmons was on the radio or that he was on TV. And then when Bennett was announced, he was like, Whoa. Yeah. Right? Well, he was supposed to go like a little bit later in the first round. Yeah. It was a bit of a reach, right? Yeah. Like that, that was the first well, time. Well, who was the consensus, the actual consensus one in that, uh, in that 2013 draft. I'm not trying to think about it, but there was, there was someone who was supposed to go before Bennett that wind up probably sh- having, should have gone before Bennett. And that's the exact sort of thing that LeBron James bails you out of. Is that yeah. sort of horrible decision making, and you can somehow win a championship three years after making that horrible first overall pick? Uh, oh, I think it was Lapido was the guy that a lot of people thought were. Yeah, Oladipo, the, the top Nerlens Noel was supposed. Yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Then he got hurt. Two. Remember, he was supposed to be the number one pick. Then he got hurt again. Yeah, 
Yeah, Ben uh, McElmore was there as well. Yeah. Uh, Not a great draft. No, it wasn't. Like, Kelly Olenek went 13th. Like Steven and... Adams, like, I don't know. Is Steven Adams the best player in the draft right now? Yeah, Steven Adams went 12th. Oh, I, I, Giannis. Giannis. Is yeah, Giannis yeah. went 15th. So he's bus. probably the best player in that draft. But the fact that the Thunder got Steven Adams with the pick that they got from the Harden trade, which Houston got from the Kyle Lowry trade, which it feels like everyone sort of won that exchange except for the Thunder. Anyways, uh, getting Steven yeah. Adams to 12th overall pick is a pretty nice find. No one in that 2013 draft has made an all-star game yet, which is strange. Because usually, even like the rookie of the years, like Michael Carter-Williams was, was a guy in that one, too, in that draft, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that, was, uh, that was not a particularly good draft, everybody. Does this... Uh, yeah, I'll just kind of say one last thing. Yep. It, it's, uh, how... Hated will actually I have two questions. One, how will Durant be hated by everyone? Like by the time the season starts, will he be hated by everyone the way LeBron was in 2010? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. The lack of the decision and the Mm -hmm. probable lack of the Golden State Warriors Kevin Durant welcome party. Yeah, the welcome party had a lot to do yeah, with it, too. And the de- yeah, yeah, that and the decision really kind of set the table. Plus the mm-hmm. fact that... Um, he did stab Cleveland in the face exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think even though Cleveland's ownership and decision-making processes were very bad, that it was one of the mm-hmm. reasons LeBron left, I think that people, if you know basketball well enough, you understand if you're Durant and you're thinking to yourself, am I ever going to get over the hump with people that are running this organization mm-hmm. yet. whereas you look at golden state where like they have probably the best owner or one of the best owners in the league they have probably mm-hmm. the best gm or one of the best gms in the league they have this great coach they've got curry all right like, you, you understand how the grass looks greener over there mm-hmm. this this was this reminds me because this is one thing that Stephen a smith said in his, during one of his usual tirades but i did agree with this uh uh, little nugget that he that he did say because he did say you shouldn't be comparing it to LeBron James leaving, which was dumb because it's the the similarities are numerous. But the one thing that he did say that makes it different, and in his opinion, not mine, in his opinion, made it worse than when LeBron left Cleveland is the fact that when LeBron left Cleveland, the cupboard for Cleveland was bare, right? Like they had they had nothing. Like they yeah. traded away first round picks and they'd made bad deals and they they like they didn't have anybody they didn't have anything over the horizon that looked like it was going to help whereas, out whereas OKC has got Westbrook and they've got Adams and they've got yeah. and we're Lapido and 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 yeah and uh, I had it Oladipo and and it just yeah. and <laughs> to keep, just put it in perspective two teams had to blow 3-1 series leads in order for this to be possible right which I think has happened like I don't know, 15 times or something in the history of the yeah. National Basketball Association yeah. and never before in the finals until this year. Yep. And it happened twice. That's and now Durant's on the Golden State Warriors. Oh. Yeah. And my final question on the Durant thing, more cheers or boos when he comes back to Oklahoma? Oh, boos, for, for sure. I think, think part so? of it depends on how the team's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and here's my question, though. And we talked about this a little bit, but just from the Oklahoma City perspective. You have Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. You have, hypothetically, if you trade Westbrook, you have whatever bonanza comes from that from the Celtics. 
Mm-hmm. You have Adams. Like, you have a team that could be young and, and somewhat decent. Maybe it's not going to be a team that has, like, like a top-five player, unless you get lucky with the draft lottery. But I don't know if the Thunder are for sure doomed. So does that make the response for Durant different than it was for James? Does the fact that Durant didn't have ties to Oklahoma City just before coming there when the Sonics moved there, does that make it different than it was for James? Because, you know, for James, Ohio is home and all that stuff. Is that does that make this a little bit different? I don't know. Probably not. People are still going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I uh, like there were people burning Durant jerseys, yeah. but it it didn't have the same. Like it, it feel it had the feeling of people just trying to get on Vine, like just trying to get them. Like I'll, I'll burn a Durant jersey. That'll get me like you know a bunch of views on Vine and stuff, as opposed to like when Cleveland did it and people were like, I hate this fucking guy, right? Yeah, now part like, of Cleveland you know, like, doing it was yeah. people wearing their LeBron jerseys and watching the decision and being like, forget it. And like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, And and the 50 years of we're, we're never going to win, right? Yeah. yeah, which is now over. Congratulations, Cleveland. But yeah, it, yeah, I think it's different enough that it might not be exactly the same. I don't know. I still think it's going to be way more booze than cheer. And it has nothing to do against the city, but there are some people who are having the schadenfreude of – Fuck you, Oklahoma. You stole the, uh, the, the sure. Supersonic and I, and I, from and Seattle, I saw right? That and I, Which has nothing to do with the city. And, that, and that's exactly right? my thought, is, is people saying, yeah. oh, yeah, I know, forget you, Oklahoma City. Like, I get how Seattle fans would be pissed at Clay Bennett. Of course they would be. But mm-hmm. Oklahoma City basketball fans yes. didn't choose, oh, yeah, bring us the Sonics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sure they would have yeah. been fine with an expansion team. The fact that the Sonics had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant gift wrap for them when they arrived was pretty awesome for them and good for you, Oklahoma City. But I, I, they, they didn't say, yes, bring us the Sonics, and that's the only team we'll accept. They just wanted a team, and I can understand that, so I don't judge them for how the team got there because it wasn't their decision-making. If you want to say, hey, Clay Bennett, you deserve all the horrible things in life to happen to you and only you, if that's what you want to say if you're a Seattle Sonics mm-hmm. basketball fan, yep, I'm, I'm totally on board with that but I don't think it's fair to say that Oklahoma City fans deserve to be painted with that brush necessarily because, again, they didn't choose the way this went down. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I know I said I was gonna, that, that that was going to be the last thing, but th- this, this will be the one last thing. I'd like to extend a bit of a screw you to CBS for leaking that Celtic stinger about a half hour before Durant yeah, made good. his decision. Because, like, I, like I, I'm a Celtics fan. I've, I've admitted this on numerous podcasts. And, I honestly, I never allowed myself to believe more than 1%, even when I saw, like, uh, Tom Brady was going into the meeting to be like, you know, like, hey, Durant, do you like Brazilian women? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, I, like, even then, I never allowed myself to believe. I'm like, and, and especially when uh, a guy we follow on Twitter, uh, Haralabal Vulgaris, who is a guy who knows a thing or two about a thing or two was saying that it looks like it's the warriors. The second he said that, I was like, God damn, there's a guy who doesn't bullshit on Twitter. Right. And I just, I never allowed myself to believe. And I was just waiting. And then all of a sudden the CBS had the stinger and I'm sure that they just like had their, like it was 4th of July today. So I'm sure they just had their dudes go in at like eight in the morning or whatever, record four stingers for like the possibilities that it could have been. And then just be like, all right, we'll play the, you know, whichever one of these ends up being true, we'll just play that. We'll put that on the website yeah. when it's done. And then they now, accidentally let's... leaked that one, and of all the ones, and then that leak... that one, yeah, that one. Leaked I think that was uh, okay. Let's just say like, and and we yeah. sort of did our rankings yesterday. 
if the most mm. likely was Golden State, second most likely Oklahoma City, third most likely was Boston, let's say they only made those three. Yeah. That was the least offense. Uh, not for you personally, but that was the least offensive one to leak, I think. Yeah, but for me personally, yeah. it was just like, it was so abnormally cruel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do you imagine how cruel like, it would be for an Oklahoma City fan if it was theirs that got that, leaked? That's true, yeah. yeah. All I right, we got him back. Actually, no, he's leaving. No! Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would have been pretty bad. When you put it like that, that's bad. But the Celtics one, because like, that two-minute window, I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Like, Ainge just, just pulled the greatest, you know, the great. well, the second greatest coup, because the greatest crew was... Le- Riley getting LeBron and everybody in 2010, but I was like, oh my god, second greatest coup in the history of the league, and then, no, not so much. <laughs> it's just a leaked stinger, and I was like, oh, because like Zach Harper was in the stinger too, and that guy doesn't yeah, be he was just doing it for uh, for funsies. Yeah, it was just I I don't like I don't blame him because it would be like guys, it's Fourth of July. Let's just record four stingers and get the hell out of here rather than waiting for <laughs> for him to make the decision. But oh god, that. Five minutes. That was just cruel for me, anyway. Remarkably cruel. Oh, bad. All right, so that's it. So, what do you say we do what we came here to do? Yeah, let's do it. And that was, we are finally going to hammer out this script for the fourth Mighty Ducks movie, because we are finally going to give this franchise the finale that it deserves and needs, because the one we got... Unacceptable for a variety of reasons. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's a sliding scale, right? For, for the mighty ducks movies. Like it started really awesomely. And then the second one is fun, but obviously not as good as the original. And then the third one was just, let's just talk about the one most ridiculous thing in the third one. And then there's, there's there's several, but the, the the entirety of the plot is based on the following and it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. If you are the best team of what is it? 14 or 15 year olds in the world of hockey players. Yeah, because they won gold medals uh, at the junior good games. Yes, which is totally a real thing. They beat Iceland, which England could not do. Right, right, right. Um, well, Iceland's scrappy. Uh, yeah. So you're the best group of 14, 15-year-olds in the world, whatever it happens to be. And mm-hmm. you go to high school, and yes. despite the fact that you're the best group of 14, 15-year-olds in the world, you have mm-hmm. no chance to beat some 17- and 18-year-olds. No. Not from, a random, that, but... from a random high school in Minnesota. Yeah, not Seems only like that, that like, that's not how it works. Why were they going to a prep school, right? They all like, got like, scholarships. That the whole team got scholarships to go to one prep school? Yeah, it was a marketing to... thing, remember? That's why the uh, the varsity kids hated them so much is because their little brothers didn't get a chance to go because the Ducks took their spots. I guess, but, like, those guys were already rich blue bloods yeah. anyway. I'm sure they found right? some other awesome prep school to go to. Yeah, but one of those racist like, mascots. If you were one of them, and some things like we'll give you a scholarship to come to this prep school, and you're Charlie Conway, aren't you like, no, nah, I'm sorry, the London Knights just called me. Yeah, you know, they're probably gonna draft me I'm next gonna year. Play I'm gonna in go, the, uh, in the OHL. Yeah, I'm gonna go play in the OHL, yeah. get paid there, maybe maybe go to the NHL. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh man. So, D4 script, which I, the unofficial title is Return uh, Return to the Pond. D four return to the pond. That's that's the the unofficial working title. We can we can discuss that later. No, I'm fine with that. So reboots are all the rage. We got the the full house reboot, which did uh, I believe not so well. We got the uh, it the... was as good as you expect from the quality of the show that Full House preceded it. So um, <laughs> with that, 
Anyways. But, but like, it had none of the cadence of the first, right? Because, like, everybody was all grows up, and it was just like... Yeah, but there are other kids. I don't know. I didn't watch any of it. I know, no, I know I mean, that Hunter Pence was in it for a while. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I actually want to watch it. See, I didn't know Hunter Pence was in it. Just for an episode uh, or two. I can't remember. Even so, great stuff. Uh, what else? They did uh, Girl Meets World, which has been a little bit more successful. Yeah, sure. Uh, what other reboots have there been? Arrested Development came back for a fourth. That was sort of a reboot, yeah. or that was more the internet basically, like, yeah. demanding a fourth season. And then it worked out. So yeah. basically, uh, at this point, it's just a matter of, hey, we're, we've got no good ideas, so let's just use characters mm-hmm. people are familiar with and people will watch. So that's fine, yeah. which opens the door for a Mighty Ducks reboot. Yeah, so here we go. Mighty Ducks reboot. And I want the focus to be on Charlie Conway in this movie. We will get Emilio into this of movie course somehow. Will. He'll, need, he'll need to be in there, but th- no. The, the obvious yeah. plot, and, and we've discussed this, is yeah. Charlie Conway's kid is playing on some second-rate mm-hmm. hockey team and things are going very well, and for some reason, Charlie just doesn't love hockey anymore, and he takes his son to play begrudgingly, but then kind of rediscovers his love for the game. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that kind of where your head was on this? That's sort of why, yeah. but like, here, are the, here are the tweaks I made. But like Charlie Conway, we're obviously going to switch it so that jo- – and Joshua Jackson's in this because I'm not doing oh, this. Oh, God, yeah, no, Joshua Jackson plays Charlie Conway or else we're not yes. even doing this. No, not like I want everybody back. Yeah, we don't want but, any like other actors playing roles. Like yeah. I want Vincent like, LaRusso we'll, we'll or Adam him. Banks. And I've yeah, got a we'll Adam Banks him. idea for later, but we can discuss that. Yeah, so the here's what I want to do. Because I want to start it off very similar to the first one. I want except I want Charlie Conway. I, I want us to start with him, similar to the way Bombay started the movie started the movie where he was a lawyer. Except we're gonna tweak it just just a just a touch. And we're going to have Charlie Conway be like a Wall Street type in New York, like a hot shot. Oh, he's got to be living in Minnesota. No, no, no. I'll get him back to Minnesota. Okay, Don't worry. Okay, okay. Trust me. Trust me on okay, that. Okay. Okay. So Charlie is a Wall Street type guy in New York, killing it, and he's got you know his wife and best friend. It's going to be very similar to the opening scene of uh, Family Man with Nick Cage. You remember that yeah, one yeah. where Nick Cage, like the opening scene where he's just the rich guy, you know. Uh, Women showing up to his house with lingerie. He's the you know the ultimate single bachelor, the man who has everything basically, right? Yeah. So we we fly through that for the first five ten minutes of the movie, and we establish basically that he has a best friend that he works with and a wife. And I'll tell you who's going to play the the best friend and wife later. Uh, but then we get word. This is this is where we turn it into the first ten minutes of up. We get word that his mom has died. So Conway Charlie Conway's mom has died. So he's got to go back to Minnesota for the funeral, right? Okay. While he's at the funeral, he looks around. There's one empty chair, and we don't mention it, but we know that the one empty chair is where Gordon Bombay is supposed to be sitting at the funeral. Right. And we, the audience just knows we let the, they, they're smart enough to figure it out. Right. At the funeral, do we see the likes of, of Fulton Reed and... Not everyone. Not everybody, but this is where he runs into Averman. Okay. And we're going to get Averman back in, and I'm, you know, I'm willing to be talked into if you want somebody else. But I think it should be Averman, because Averman was one of the, like, his original buddy on the team. Yeah, could also so be he Goldberg. Bumps, yeah, well, Goldberg is definitely going to be in yeah. this, but they're, they're going to find Goldberg. They're going to get to Goldberg somewhere. So Averman bumps into him at the funeral, and then once the funeral scene is over, we then cut to, like, 
uh, Averman and him are catching up at the coffee shop or something where his mom used to work because his mom used to work at that of like course, 50s yep. Kind, yep. kind of diner. So they're sitting. We we get and you get the nice thing where the the camera's on them and they're sitting at the at the counter just shooting the the ass. And all of a sudden, eventually, Averman tells him, "Hey, you got to go visit Han's shop." At some point, and Charlie's like, you know, nah, I don't want to do that. It'll bring up too many, too many bad memories and and stuff like that. And then he's like, no, man, you got to go visit Hans's shop. So he reluctantly goes, and when he gets there, he runs into an attractive, you know, thirty something. There's an attractive woman there who is now running Hans's shop, and, and she's a I, single mom. Single mom. Okay. Well, actually, no, she's just single, just not single. a mom. Okay, okay. But there, there is a kid there. Okay. But she's not a single mom. And but she's Hans's granddaughter, right? Okay. So Hans Hans's granddaughter is now running the shop, and when she comes in, she's like, you know, she's screaming at him and stuff to get it because he comes in in a suit. So she thinks he's one of these suits who who are who are come to 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 do something bad to the shop. I'll get right. to that. Right, like they're trying to buy out the shop, or whatever, because it's struggling. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And you see where I'm going yep. with this. So she starts yelling at him, and then he goes, "Hey, hey, hey! I'm I'm not who you think I am. My, my name's Charlie Conway, and I used to I used to come here all the time." And she goes, "Charlie Conway? Oh, my and grandfather!" Used yeah, to, he, and there's pictures of Charlie you. on the wall with the with the yeah. Ducks team and the whole thing, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. With so him, a picture picture. of him in Bombay's on the wall, like absolutely, yeah. it's it's all still there. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I've kept it all. Like like the shop is the same. Yeah, it's the same. Maybe it's a little. We have it look a little run down, but as far as far it's as it goes, photos on the wall and stuff, same things. Yep. All the same, you have Bombay, like Bombay missing the shot is right next to, you know, the Minnesota Miracle Man thing. And then we get our nostalgia thing of, you know, you can see like USA wins junior goodwill games. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the picture the, of Bob Charlie hugging Bombay after they beat the Hawks, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Uh, the What was it? What was the name of the prep school? We could have a, a, a thing oh, that prep mysteriously burns down and, <laughs> and is forgotten forever. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And, you know, so they start reminiscing. All of a sudden, there's a kid running around the shop. It's not hers, but this is how we get, like, this is the kid we're going to use to jump back into the hockey pool. And what happens is she reveals, oh, you know, the kid's not mine, but, you know, he just comes around the shop all the time because he loves hockey and his family poor and he can't afford to play. It's going to be very similar to, you remember that, I think it was a Canadian Tire commercial? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm with you. And you remember that where the kid walks into the barbershop? And here's shop? the thing. It gets to the issue, the social issue of hockey's too yeah. goddamn expensive. Yeah, that's no, true. seriously. <laughs> oh, I've had this conversation oh. with my wife all the time where I'm like, when we have kids, like, I'm just like, can we play hockey? Like, can, can like, I'm not even sure if we can afford to play. I'm like, let's try to push them towards baseball, yeah. not soccer. Yeah. Like, I'm like, let's try to push them towards baseball because, like, you need equipment for baseball, but I think we can afford that. Right. But, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. Good, good pointing that out, Chris. Yes. So the kid's running around the shop, and like I said, it'll be eerily similar. Do you remember that commercial where the kid walks in and then into, like, I don't know if it was like a barbershop or a deli or something? Oh, yeah, and then the I, guy, you, know, uh, you don't need a job. You should be trying to play hockey or something. Like hockey, yeah. I'm and he's like, the kid was yeah. like, yeah, that's what I'm trying yep. to do, and yep. then really sad. Exactly like it's that. Sad. Okay, sure. Yep. Yeah. On board. So she eventually mentions that a firm is trying to buy the land that the pond and the shop are on. So she wants to buy the pond and the shop and everything, and she's like, "Oh, you know, they're they're just gonna de- de- like blow it down and 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 build some new new uh, no condo condomin- or whatever condominium, it is, yeah. condominium or something." She doesn't know yep. what they're gonna build what they're gonna build for it. And he goes, "Well," and then so he starts thinking, "Well, maybe you know I can use I, you know I've got some money. I'm a Wall Street guy. Maybe I can help out." And she goes, 
Well, you'd have to talk to these people. They're the ones trying to buy it. She hands them a card, Craig. The firm that is trying to buy it. Ducksworth. No! And McGill. No! I hate McGill! Grown-up McGill is back, and he's the bad guy, and he is somehow partnered with Ducksworth. And we get the kid who was in the first one and was briefly in the second one, and he is trying to tear down what was once District 5. Yeah. So that guy's a dick. Yeah, so he comes back and the whole reason he wants to buy the land or or so we have this scene where Charlie, you know, goes to Ducksworth and and McGill and confronts McGill and McGill immediately recognizes him and he's like Charlie Conway, the guy who, you know, ruined the Hawk Street yeah. and stuff like that. And he goes, "What do you want it for?" And McGill want McGill wants it so that he can tear it down and build a new facility for the Hawks, Craig. He wants to build a new oh. state-of-the-art sports facility for the Hawks because Coach Riley has passed away, and McGill is not only like a lawyer or whatever with Ducksworth and McGill, but, but he is coach of the Hawks. Also, the new coach of the Hawks. Damn it! And, and he's got Coach Riley's old jacket on, and he's popping his collar and yeah. whatnot, and it's just oh god, it's so good. Oh, and I hate that guy. <laughs> and of course, he coaches the exact same way Coach Riley did. It's not worth yeah. winning if you can't win big. Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, like, against yeah, we, this team, we should have twice as many. Let's run it up. Yeah, we we have we have all that stuff, and then we, maybe we, we'll have to come up with a couple of new ones just to make sure that they yeah. that they that they we we let but the you audience can tell the spirit of Coach Riley lives in him. Lives on, yeah. They've gotten even more evil though, right? So they're like Iceland too. Like maybe they're purposely trying to injure people. Well, the Hawks they did that too. That's true. A lot yeah. of banks out of the game wanted you to drop him like a bad habit. Then McGill did. My job. My job. Which, I'll be honest, I mean, we all hate McGill, but that was a great line. Oh, read, sure, right? of course. Like, when he was just like, what'd you do? My job. It's just, oh, guy. great, great bad guy delivery. So then some stuff happens, and... and now, is, is, uh, and we're getting kind of deep into a film here, but in, mm-hmm. in the background, he wants to play hockey, and may, is there some crappy district five like team that needs some money yeah like like they say well we get to that because the team like district five we 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 make it apparent in the conversation that charlie has with the because we'll we use the conversation he has with uh hans's granddaughter uh that'll be our exposition scene right where where it just like we explain that you know district five has fallen apart since you were gone right and now these guys want to buy the land and stuff so them buying the land is also our like tribute to those 80s ski movies that you and i love so much right like so so that's our whole thing where it's like you know tad's rich dad is trying to buy the youth center (laughs) right like like that's our thing except like now now mcgill is the one trying to buy hans a shot yep yeah mcgill's trying to tear because mcgill's trying to that pond where where the district five was created yeah so he gets the idea. Charlie, Charlie gets the idea of we're, I'm going to recreate District Five, and I'm going to do. I'm going to give her whatever. I'm going to find a way to get whatever money she needs. So he calls up his buddy, who's back in New York, who we met in the first act, and gets him to agree to let uh, whatever you know Wall Street type firm that they, whatever business firm they have, to sponsor the hockey team and save the shop. And we do like they do this over the phone. But while he's over the phone. We find out, like, we'll do the thing where his best friend is, like, in bed, and you figure he's just with some random skank that he's with. But when he hangs up the phone after agreeing to help Charlie out, he rolls over, and we find out that he's with Charlie's wife. Oh, my God. So now his wife is cheating on him with his best friend. And I want the best friend and wife to be played by James Vanderbeek and Katie Holmes, Craig. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Okay, there's a lot going on in my head right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> okay. To be over. All right. <laughs> Why do we need to have that in the plot? Well, it'll get there. Don't okay. worry. Don't worry. That, so that's like kind of the end of Act 1. Beginning of Act 2, Averman and Charlie are together and they're like, or Charlie and Averman's back and they're like, all right, we're bringing it, like, we're just, we're bringing the team together. So they get the kid who was running around the shop. Yep. And we got to come up with names for these characters eventually. But the kid who was running around the shop, he says, I want, you know, Charlie tells him, he gives him like the duck call or whatever and says, go round up all the other kids who, who you know from the, in the neighborhood who can't afford to play, right? And we'll, we'll, He's like, and I'll pay for these kids to play because, Char- you know, Charlie's like a, a super rich dude. He can pay for the equipment, the whole thing. Just play absolutely. Yep. So we get the, the, the advertise. you know, we get the montage of them running around gathering the, uh, the new ducks. The classic, and stuff. the classic ducks montage. Yes. Yeah. And then once it's all over, you know, so they do the thing of like, Charlie's like, all right, let me get to know you guys. We just, we need, we need a team. And then all of a sudden the kid, you know, pokes him on the shoulder and he goes, coach, we've just got one problem. We, no one on the team can play goalie. And then Averman and Charlie do, Charlie do that thing where they both look at each other and they're like, we know what to do. We know who to go see, right? And then they go to Goldberg's Delicantessen. Of course. We know that Goldberg ran a Delicantessen and they go to see if it's still there. And Goldberg is indeed there. We've got Sean, Sean Weiss or whatever yep. his name was playing Goldberg. And they're just like, they're like, I hope he's got a son. And then, of course, you know, of course, Goldberg's got a son to play goalie, right? And then we've got our resident, like, of course, kind of. And then we do like our Goldberg humor for the re- reunion and stuff like that. So then it's, you know, Goldberg agrees where he's like, only one condition. I'm also coaching the team, right? So Goldberg, Averman, and Charlie are now coaching the team. Yep. And then we cue our training montage, and we go through the montage of Char. You know, uh, they're Charlie. they're playing hockey with the uh, with the eggs, soft the eggs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Eggs. They're doing the egg passing, yeah. and they're doing the drills between the cones and stuff. And they get, and you can see that the kid is uh the kid from the shop is there adam banks right yep. like he's he's he just he's got it he's he's already ahead of everybody while everybody's just kind of kind of trying to figure it out so eventually you know we, we we now we have to have a moment where they lose right because they have to lose to the team first so after we go through a bit of a training montage they play the hawks and it's the same thing where he's like my first game and it had to be against the hawks yeah. right and they end up losing but let's say they keep it close yeah and like I, I don't know, like I don't know exactly what we do. Maybe they lose because of a bad call or something like that. Yeah, or like and, someone gets thrown out of the game because some like McGill's son does something dickish or something. I don't know. There's there's all sorts of ways. Yeah, and, and, or they they do something. Oh yeah, McGill, absolutely. You bring up a good point. Uh, McGill has a son on the team, obviously, and, and he's and, a dick. And, yeah, and the son is just the the absolute worst. Like yeah. purposely trying to hurt people, and but he you he's know, like he's Gunner still, Stahl and McGill combined into one. Yeah, absolutely. Although, did Gunnerstall ever try to injure anybody? Who, uh, Slash it always, Banks? It was always Sanderson, oh, right? Oh, right, like, yeah. Yeah, Portman was the guy who was like, I want a piece of you, Sanderson, right? And by the way, I don't want Portman in this movie at all. Screw no, that No, guy. no, 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 Portman. I'm willing to talk about Banks, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get two more cameos at okay. least. So, they lose to the Hawks, and then Averman, Charlie, and Goldberg are back at the diner, and they're sitting around, and, you know, they're kind of just, you know, talking strategy and stuff, and Charlie goes... You know, it goes to him, guys, like, we were missing something. And he goes, he goes, there was something off about that Hawks game. And they're like, yeah, oh, let's pretend they lost because of a bad call. Yeah. And Goldberg, one of them, says something like, yeah, that day, you know, we'll be able to beat him next time if we get a competent ref or something. And Charlie's like, no, just we're missing something. Like, like our power play, we, we need a big shot from the point. Oh, my God. 
right? <laughs> and then, so they all three of them look at each other and they go seek out Fulton. But here's the thing. Fulton doesn't have a son. Fulton has a 10-year-old daughter, And Craig. she and is, has the same shot as Fulton? She has yes! the gift, Craig. Yes! Passed down from generation to generation. Oh, so but good. Fulton's the overprotective father. Doesn't want Fulton, his daughter playing who, hockey. Who went from the badass who was like, yeah, he doesn't want his daughter playing, so she has to sneak around for a little bit. Fulton eventually comes around. Yeah. But, like, they do this thing where Fulton's like, oh, I don't have a son. All I have is this 10-year-old daughter. We'll cast, like, some frail-looking girl, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll be like, well, that's it, guys. We got nothing. But then she's like, Psst. hey, guys, can I show you something? And then, and then she just like, starts hammering pucks. Yeah, she just starts hammering slap shots, right? And so then now we've got, like, a, the female presence because that was the cool thing about the Ducks is the females could also play as well, yeah. Craig. So we, Audie, there's Audie our Audie Moreau's of the world, your Julie yeah, and then, and, Except this one's just got the ripping penalty shot or the ripping shot from the point, right? So then we, 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 uh, we go through our fun montage of, them, you know, rip uh, them ripping off wins, right? So now we go through yeah. the montage of them ripping off wins, and then all of a sudden, the, the, so then we need we need something to happen at the end of Act Two that'll lead us into Act Three. So we find out at the end of Act Three that Hans's granddaughter never received the money to say, to to be able to buy the land, right? Oh my God! And then that's when Charlie Conway finds out that his best friend screwed him, right? Vanderbeek screwed him again, Craig. Ah, uh, every time. Yeah, and then got him fired, like, like basically ends up getting him fired from his job in whatever firm he has back in New York, and then, you know, he we figure out a way to find out that he learns that his wife is cheating on him with his best friend as well. So now his life is completely falling apart, and he doesn't want to coach hockey. He's like, what's the point? I've lost everything, right? And it's at that point that, you know, Hans's granddaughter gives him, you know, the, the, the classic movie pep talk, where, you know, the, the movie sports talk where she's like, you know, you're not just going to give up and quit, are you? Just because, you know, these people, you know, did whatever. And then this is where we plant the seeds for their relationship at the end of the movie, too, right? right? Of course, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I, I guess we can have, like, a courtroom scene. I'm not sure if you want to do it one of because we can do this one of two ways. Either we have, like, a courtroom scene where... Uh, they're debating over the, you know, who gets to win the land. And then at the end... Uh, or, or we could just have the thing where like, it's kind of like the end of the Goonies where they're like, you know, sign the deed, sign the, you know, like uh, you've seen the Goonies, right? You know, where, where the guy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sign the deed. And then the, 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 the Spanish maid finds the gems in the thing. And she's like, you know, don't sign. We've got these gems. We can save the town. Right. They do that where somebody rips open a, you know, like, like we can have it where actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I want it to be exactly like that scene from the Goonies where they've got like the trucks and everything yeah. ready to just demolish the shop. And then she's like, all you have to do is Miguel's there going, sign it. Right. You know, yeah. like, and then she's about to sign it. And then all of a sudden somebody gets like a telegram of some sort or, you know, whatever the 2016 version of a telegram is. Probably uh, like it, a tweet. <laughs> yeah. A tweet. Hey, I just got a tweet. <laughs> But, like, they get, basically, they get, or or they get something FedEx to them, I guess, right? Like, a FedEx guy shows up, and he's like, hey, is this, you know, the shop? It took me a while to find it, because, you know, the, the signs are down or something like that. And he hands them the sign, and they rip it open, and it's a check for all the money that they need. Because, obviously, like, it, earlier in the, th like, during, like, the montages we have earlier, we, we would, it would be a half them playing hockey and getting better at hockey, and half them doing stuff to raise funds yeah, yeah. for the shop. So that's how, like, the public, you know, like, local news is all over it, and they, you know, they start Twitter campaigns and stuff. So other people know about it, right? So, you know, like, they, so they have their, 
they, they, but they also, they, they end up being way short. So they get this anonymous donation, which ends up being like, I don't know, 250,000 or something like that. Right. So it saves the shop. And then McGill is standing there going, you know, it won't matter, you know, in a year or two or something, she won't be able to, uh, you know, it's just like, I can, I can just buy it in a year or so or whatever. This isn't over. You know, he gives, he gives that this is an over speech, right? So then Charlie goes, and, and at this point we know that the Hawks are, but the Hawks are playing the Ducks in the finals, right? So then Charlie and them make the, make the classic movie bet where it's like, if the Hawks win, we'll give up the D. Yeah. But if the Ducks win, you got to leave us alone forever, yep, right? Absolutely. So then we go to the final game and the Ducks end up winning. Of course. And, you know, we, we do the, the, we do the fashion. Like, do you want to do it with the, I, obviously the kid has to, it has to win with the kid we, we met in the shop earlier scoring with the triple D, right? Oh God. Yeah. Why, like, yeah. why would we end it otherwise? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane to end it in the way. And then we cue the, you know, the duck, like the, the on ice celebration, which includes, you know, Charlie and Hans's granddaughter with the passionate kiss while the, everybody's like, woo. And then Charlie at some point has to look up into the stands, the very same railing where Bombay looked up and Hans looked yeah. down from him. And then Bombay's up there and, and Emilio Estevez makes his like two second cameo and, you know, gives Charlie the thumbs up or something like Emilio doesn't even need a speaking role. He just like, cause he, he's so awesome. No words are necessary. Right. And he just gives the thumbs up to Charlie. And then Charlie gives him the thumbs up back. Kind of like the end of uh Sandlot. Sure. Sandlot. Yeah. And then, you know, he does like the double tap on the bar and then walks out and then they continue their celebration. And, the last scene, now we could either put this up at the, uh, uh, like, uh, we can either put this up at the end of, uh, either before, like, the, we can either make it the last scene in the movie or the after credits, but we basically find out that the anonymous donor was Adam Banks. And we have Adam Banks sitting in a, sitting in a room, or, you know, he, he's like, he's reading on the internet and it says, like, you know, like, ducks defeat hawks in, in for first time in, you know, for first time since 1992 and uh, you know, he just smiles or something. And then, and then he gets up and and leaves. And then as he leaves, you see like memorabilia on the wall that says stuff like, you know, Banks wins con Smythe. Yeah. Oh, Banks of course plays in the NHL. Um, Uh, My my theory was on the Banks thing. (laughs) And this guy, because you go multiple ways, but Mm -hmm. you have a scene where for some reason the team gets pissed off at Charlie. Like they feel like mm-hmm. you know he's been hiding something from them, or whatever. You can you can you can write that in, and then yeah. But he knows like Banks been that could be like like they all look at him disappointedly when they find out they don't get the money, right? Yeah, They're yeah. Like Did you let that happen, yeah, or like... you knew this was going to happen or something. I don't know. And yeah. Banks comes in, and you have he has the money earlier, and Banks sort of comes in with some cash. But Banks mm-hmm. is kind of like you know uh, the guy kind of running up the clock with the Minnesota Wild for whatever reason. Like you know he's he's been mm-hmm. in the NHL for a long time, but you know. Time, uh, time is kind of running out on him. Like, who's a good comparison? Um, that's uh, someone actually in the NHL right now. Oh, uh, as of 2016. Yeah, maybe never like a mega mega star, but like a big deal. Well, I, well, I think Banks should be like, like I'm willing to. If you want to talk me into Banks, is like the Jonathan Taves. Yeah, of, sure. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, like I like I want him to be like like a three time Cup winner with like multiple con smites, like. Oh, I was thinking. There. I was thinking he's Brad. He's like how we see Brad Richards today. Yeah, guy who was like a star that, at one yeah. point, but he's kind of like off in the sunset. Oh yeah, a yeah. lot of money. Like Banks, he's won yeah, the Con Smythe, like guys like that. But Banks was a first round draft. Sure, of course, like, yeah, top, yeah. like a top five. Pick yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In what Banks draft he was in, right? 
Um, So he's made, and he's like sort of the the favorite player, a lot of kids in the team. Uh, And then sort of when they're all pissed off at Charlie, whenever they need the cash, he comes in and he's like, Hey guys, like, you know, I'm going to take care of this. And everyone's like, Oh, Adam Banks. And the fact that Charlie knows Adam Banks kind of gets the kids back on his side. That could work too. Yeah. Yeah, This is why we have these tweet conversations. I also want to have an end credit scene where it revealed like James Vanderbeek is like, at the doctor and the doctor goes you've got gonorrhea <laughs> or something like that just so the james vanderbeek character gets come up and spread yeah. cheating on his wife or uh, something like Vanderbeek. that right <laughs> uh yeah so yeah maybe so so the reason charlie is super obsessed with work and the reason things have gone wrong with him and his wife is because his obsession with work and he and vanderbeek are kind of in a power struggle at work does that make sense yes but like there's well there's, there's is that kind still, of what you're thinking here yeah they're still best friends but there's a rivalry there too, sure. Yeah, but we're also going to establish that Vanderbeek is clearly just waiting for his opportunity to stab Charlie Conway right, in the back, course. right? Like, like the Vanderbeek character, he'll be like, he's just he he's like the friggin' uh, Jordan, what's his face, uh, Jordan Belfort of of whatever. Like he like he'll yeah, just yeah, yeah. the second he gets an opportunity to stab this guy in the face, he's going to take it, and he does when he tries to get his firm to help him buy that land or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's more like he's, he's Jordan Belfort with a combination of also kind of Matthew McConaughey in uh, yeah in, uh, in Wolf of Wall Street as well, just because yeah. Matthew McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street was amazing. So yeah, <laughs> and it's not just because I like doing it, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, that was the best line in the entire. Oh, absolutely, movie. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, what would you rate? Like based on obviously we got to clean the script up a little bit and 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 I don't know how to write dialogue but I feel like as a got, rough draft you got to get a nice little base here yeah I feel like as a rough draft we we got some meat on the bone here for for the D four yeah pretty good like it was kind of always going to go the same way whereas the Hawks were going to be involved like the the, the one that we talked yes. about a long time ago with. You know, Charlie is, you know, falling in love with hockey, but his son badly wants to play, so he begrudgingly does it, and then, like, gets into it sort of as... Like, that would obviously go... Like, that would hit a lot of the same notes along the way, obviously, but I, I think this is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. It's not as predictable as sort of how things are going to turn out. I like the idea of Fulton's daughter, though. Yeah, really I, th- I, th- yeah that, I thought she'd like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it'd be so easy just like, to have it be Yeah, like, like oh, everyone's yeah. son's on the team. No, 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 Fulton's daughter's on the team, and she kicks ass, actually. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely, and she, she's got and like she's got the gift, right? Yeah. Like it's just passed down yeah. inherently. Like like because remember, Fulton said he he didn't learn; he just does yeah. it, right? It's just it's a gift that's passed down. And we all know exactly people. how often Fulton's daughter hits the net. Yeah, one out of five. Five, because it would have been like, or we we could say that like we could even have a line where she says something like you know they goes like, "Do you ever hit the net?" And she goes like, "Well, two out of five. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. Where she's like slightly better yeah, than yeah. Fulton. Oh, what, two out of five? Yeah, that would be amazing. That's a good idea. Yeah, good one right there. two out of five. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, and, then, and then of course after that, Charlie and, and Avery look at each other and they like nod and they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like I want like like Chloe Grace Morantz or however you pronounce her name. Like she would have been perfect for for uh, Fulton's daughter five or six years ago, but she's uh, yeah, I now. think she's in like. Now it's a little too little too old to play this. A little too old to play a ten year old. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure out someone for Fulton. But like a, that type yeah. where it's just this you know little bit of a thing. Yeah, right? you wouldn't and expect that. her to be able to shoot a puck like that, but she can. Yeah, yeah. so awesome. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I I, 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 I would see, see this movie in two seconds. Yeah, absolutely. First in line. First in line for this movie. Now, do you have any tweaks you would like to make? Uh, no, it, off, sounds, off, it sounds pretty good from uh, from my perspective. Top, um, yeah. 
Yeah, because like obviously we break something in. There's got to be like a, a a young actress with some German background that we can get to play Hans's daughter. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and of course, like there's like obviously the, the the well. Here's the thing: Do we have Charlie and the wife break up before he leaves for Minnesota? No, because I wanted it to be like a thing where he finds out that they're. I mean, you could talk then, me in. But then, like you know, you have Charlie, and maybe it's Charlie and a girlfriend as opposed to Charlie and the wife. But you have Charlie sort of picking up the emotional pieces from the breakup, from his mom passing away. That's you know what I like. That and better. then you can start the romantic chemistry. Long term girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Long term girlfriend. Romantic chemistry with uh, with the, yeah. the, the, the Hans' granddaughter a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you I like have that. like Charlie married at some point, so. Yeah, because then you don't have to like, because then you don't have to do, go through the whole thing of oh well, I got to fly back to New York because now I'm getting divorced yeah, exactly. and stuff like that, right? But yeah, okay, so I like that idea a lot better. So, that's, so he finds out that Van, yeah. he he and Vanderbeek are best bros. Finds out mm-hmm. right right before his mom dies that Vanderbeek has been doing what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. He leaves to go back to Minnesota to take care of things with his mom. Vanderbeek sees an opportunity to put the screws to him, and like the, the rest of the sort of works out the way we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah. That that could work. That's a good. I like that tweak though. But that's not his wife because I was trying to figure that out. Where I'm like, well, it can't be his wife. And now, now you're right. Just established that they're like longtime girlfriend or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, I just I love the idea of it being played by Katie. Holmes. Yeah, so good. I'm like, oh my god. It's, I, as I was writing this down, I was like, oh my god. We should just like have it be. Let's just Dawson's go full Creek 90s nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Have it have it reunite the cast of Dawson's Creek. So good. So good. Get them all into one scene together one last time. Mm-hmm. Like and you're 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 comfortable with it being like, of the guys we only see Averman, Charlie Goldberg, Fulton Reed, and Banks, well, so and then of course, uh, yeah. Like I mean, we don't need to see Guy Germain. We can live without no, Connie he, Moreau. Yeah. Unless, although you know what, those people sh- unless can we get those people to show up in the stands and yeah, duck here for the for the final yeah, game? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe if you like, depending on how you want to go, perhaps they don't go get. Uh, they don't go get what's his face. They don't go get Goldberg's son to play goal. They get Julia mm-hmm. the Cat Gaffney's daughter or something. Yeah, she was she was from Maine though. Yeah, she but she Minnesota. went to high school in Minnesota. She stayed there to settle down after the, they played at. Uh, okay, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, you could you could you could. So then they have the female goaltender. Yeah, yeah. All right. Plus well, Julia the Cat the... Gaffney was awesome. Yeah, she had the quick glove, that's right? Oh right. uh, man, yeah. See, I. I... That's 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 a good idea. That's certainly an idea. I'm gonna write that down. Maybe Julie the cat Gaffney's daughter. Yeah, and maybe they still see Goldberg at some point. Like they go like they go over to Goldberg's delicatessen to have like a sandwich or something, and he's there and just they talk. Mm-hmm. Some. Ah. Yeah, I like this because I also want a scene where. I think after the first game, after they lose to the Hawks, or, or before or after they lose, because like they have to have the first game with the Hawks where they lose. I want them to be. I want McGill and Bombay to have the exact same scene as when, or, or sorry, Conway and McGill to basically have the exact same scene as when Riley and Bombay first reunited. Except like they, you know, they're, they're trash talking each other, and then <laughs> Charlie turns to the 1992 like championship Ducks poster and goes. You know, I wish they'd take that one down. Yeah. <laughs> even though, even though they they weren't a part of this conversation whatsoever, they just know the words to say. And then looks at Miguel and says, "Don't you?" And then winks or something. And then like Miguel's just like, "Oh, I hate Carlway." <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, just something like that. Oh man, I like this. I think I think we could sell this. Like, if, if there's any any anyone Hollywood Hollywood producers yeah. or whatever, or, or if Joshua Jackson's listening. 
Yeah. Let, and yeah, you're looking hit, for hit something to do. Absolutely. Hit us up on Twitter. Right? We'll, 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 we'll be out there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy we now have the, the, the D4 script out in the – or we will now have it out in the ether. What, what do you feel on the title? Do you, do you have anything off the top of your dome piece that's a little bit better maybe? Um, I like Back to the Pond. Yeah, or Return to the Pond or Back to the Pond or something. Back to the Pond actually sounds better. I like Back to the Pond better than Return to the Pond because Return to the, to the Pond sounds too much like Return of the Jedi to me. Yeah, nope, you're right. Yeah, Back to the Pond. And is there any way we can get Ian Zuring in this since he did the voice of Wild Wing and... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> he did the voice of Wild as, Wing. As you're well aware, Fox, like, superhero I'm always in favor of getting Ian Zuring into everything that we can possibly get him into. Yeah. Let me oh. let me think about that. Maybe he's like one of the other lawyers at uh, at Duxworth and McGill. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He, so he's just in one scene yeah. there or something yeah. like. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's just and what if Duxworth has like like we we don't actually ever see Mister Duxworth because at this point he's just too old that he's just is, is that guy like, even still alive? Who knows? Well, I don't know, but we don't need to find have out Dux- right now. One sec. Yeah. So McGill is just there, right? And let's say when Charlie confronts McGill at the office, Charlie's walking through the hallway and he sees like a Ducksworth Hawks jersey yeah. and, it, you know, encased in glass and it's just like, hmm, right? You know, yeah. like, just look at it like, what's going on here or something like down. that. Uh, yeah. see here. Well, he uh, didn't earn that. No, he, he may have paid for it, didn't earn it. Um, no. There's a guy who played. Oh, yeah. And like, Yo, can we get like smart. Zach Parise to be in this movie for some reason? Like Mike Madonna was in the first one. Yeah, if you want to do the the thing where because like now they can go to the Minnesota Wild game. I'm yeah. like the we can do that during the montage of them bonding as a team, yeah. right? Like much like in the in the, the first one, they they and go Banks to the Minnesota introduces game. them to uh, to Zach Parise or something. That's where we meet Banks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he takes them back to the game, and Banks is on the, uh, the Wild. And Zach, Parise but the thing because I did want the reveal. I wanted the reveal of of the anonymous donor to be like you know. It's like who sent them the money, and then at the end of the movie, it can you still see be the anonymous banks is still the anonymous donor. You know what I mean? I suppose, yeah. But he could be like, hey, and then <laughs> banks says something to Charlie, like I can get you a try out the miners or something. Like we just steal the dialogue. Ah, we can't steal all the dialogue, yeah. but we can basically recreate that scene. Like Absolutely. banks is at the game, yeah, and then yeah, Zach Parise or and uh, whoever. Uh, <laughs> like, I would play Mister Duxworth is. Yeah. 82, okay. but is still with us. Okay, good for him. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Well, hold on a second. He's 82 now. He would have been like in his 60s. I guess, yeah, he would have been about in his 60s when that movie was. Yeah, sounds about right. That's reasonable. But yeah, no, we can't have Mr. Duxworth in it. Yeah. No, no, it's just at this point, we just, we know that his he's... His name uh, is in there. Yeah, his name is there. Like, so we just, we, we, we immediately know that... Uh, he's... So I guess it would have... Like, like we just immediately recognize the Ducksworth name as like no, right? You know, like this Ducksworth guy's obviously and, bad. Ducksworth yeah. and McGill, the worst. Yeah, yeah Ducksworth and I just love the idea of Carly looking at a business card that says, you know, like the law firm of Ducksworth and McGill, and then he immediately just goes McGill, yeah. right? You know, like, so it would definitely have to be Zach Parise, and then because it's got to be two, so or three, and but one would be fictional character Adam Banks, right? Yeah. So it would be Zach Parise and I guess Miku Koivu? Yeah, we'd figure it out. Um, yeah. But that seems that seems reasonable. Or Ryan Suter or whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. They just signed Eric Stahl. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll, yeah. Basically, whoever 
Or will work the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. Devin Dubnik, come on down. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the uh, the Mighty Ducks D4, the D4 sequel. I mean, I think th- th- there's no way, like, if we make this, this is better than D3, right? Oh, very least. a thousand like, percent. Maybe- Maybe we don't recapture the magic of the first no, one. No, I don't think as we can. But it's way better than D three. But it's better than D three, right? Like I don't understand why they didn't ask twelve year old us to write D three. Like <laughs> you remember, you remember how D three ended? Like they beat the varsity like one nothing on a on a goal from Goldberg, yeah. who was playing defense in that yeah, game. Yeah, what's and going on there? They scored on a five on three, <laughs> and like, uh, and then Bombay showed up at the end and just like somehow got a banner, like a Ducks banner, to go in front of, like, whatever the... Yeah, because they, they changed the the racist mascot. Yeah, because they had... Actually, you know what? They were ahead of their time on that yeah, one, right? Yeah, they, good for them. Yeah, talk about the see, we're ahead of our time on social issues here on Mighty Ducks, as you can see, based on uh, us talking about how expensive it is to play hockey and how that's a real problem for families. Yeah, it's terrible. It is getting way too expensive to play hockey. So, yeah, like I said, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if, if you would pay to see this or... If you have any tweaks you would like to add to the uh, to the Mighty Ducks script, if it's any good, we'd be happy to steal them and put it into our script. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's it. Uh, crossover Podcast available on thecrossoverpodcast.com. Yep. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash thecrossoverpodcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash thecrossoverpodcast. Uh, Twitter account is at Empire 6 That's the official account for this one because I'm too lazy to run two Twitter accounts. And also it's incredibly annoying have you ever tried to run two twitter accounts Craig? well there's the one that i have in the radio station one but yeah it's, it's, it's but they have like said you can do those on separate yeah, computers, yeah. I would imagine so that's not too bad when you're trying to jump back and forth it's yeah quite irritating. oh yes absolutely so i yeah i just used mine uh any other places were available i don't think so uh, there's think a lot of places so far uh twitter uh follow the others at the hashtag potter and family movement uh the Nice, be kind, other pod, indie podcasts who help us retweet and get our name out there. Craig Needles, uh, anything else to say before we take off? No, I think we're good. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the chat, though. Excellent, excellent. Good to talk to you, man. Talk and you. got to come up with something to do for next week, so maybe uh, we'll have you back. Not making any guarantees. Well, I don't know. Could we, at, at some point, and I, well, maybe we can't do it now, but mm-hmm. what started this whole thing with us creating sequels was my idea from Mrs. Doubtfire 2. But, oh God! But, yeah, but, like that obviously that can never happen because on. recipes, Robin Williams. But yeah, but oh, your brother's got to come on for that one yeah. too. It, like it would have to be you, me, and your brother because you at, could pitch the. Unfortunately, we can't do it because like the, you and I refuse to do it with Robin Williams. But you had a pretty good idea for at least the basis of a script for a Mrs. Doubtfire too, and the discussion of that kicked off our sequel game. Which also led to me creating a pretty good sequel for Face Off, which oh, yeah. I, th- I think enough time has passed that we can do it, and it would be even creepier than the first one because like Travolta's so old looking these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> like oh god, I mean he was great on uh, the People versus OJ Simpson. He was. But uh, uh, that whole thing was a gem. Good lord. Yeah. I, I, I hope they. I hope that wasn't a one season wonder. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe we do that next week. I don't want. I don't want to tease anything, but. Yeah, it could be a... Uh, there, there are some ideas there. There are some ideas. Some ideas, yeah. So we'll be back next week. We don't know what. We'll, we'll do some sports, or maybe Miller and I will be back talking comics or something. But 
yeah, maybe we come on and pitch our sequels for other movies. So that's it uh, for Kevin Durant talk and the D three or the D four sequel. Uh, yeah. Take care everybody. Thanks for listening.